It's the Stinking Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome to the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott the Hub, brought to you by MarksAllPros.com. You got to check it out, MarksAllPros.com, connecting good people with great companies. That's what we do. Mike, how are you? But Super Bowl is over. What a great game. And I tell you what, I had a blast. I had a, I mean, absolute blast. So I went to the game for Fox. Fox gave me a ticket. Um, sent me with a bunch of their clients. So we're sitting right down, like on the 40-yard line, about eight rows up. And it's the first time I've ever watched a game from there, which is a terrible vantage point to watch a game. You can't see anything. How many rows up? About eight rows uh, up. Oh, that's too close, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can't really see anything. Yeah. So you end up looking at the Jumbotron. They can't, And I was smack dab in a whole section of nothing but Kansas City Chiefs Ooh. fans, right? So you know me, I can't control myself, I'm immature, so I was talking all kinds of shit, and um, it really was going great for about the first three quarters, and um, call it uh, three quarters, seven minutes, somewhere in there, then it all kind of fell apart on me, Um, but I had a blast, I had a fun time with the Chiefs fans, Um, we were going back and forth at each other, um, you know, in a good-natured way. But what a game, what an event, and um, I, I tell you, I, I hated seeing, I love seeing Andy Reid get a win. I love that, because Andy Reid is one of the class people, one of the great men, and you hear all those Chiefs talking about, we want to get one for Big Red. There was that momentum for him, but as you know, you know Mike Shanahan was my coach. Um, I know Kyle Shanahan since he was a kid. You know, I was really, I was really pulling for the 49ers, and um, um you know, I and and plus the fact that I, I I'm a Bronco, so I really didn't want to see the Chiefs win. Like a lot of people say, well, you got to root for the team in your conference and all that. Not baloney. No way. No, I don't root for I don't so, root for any AFC West team. All right, ever. Now you can't you can't weasel out. You got You got to pick a side here. Okay. Did the Chiefs win that Super Bowl, or did the 49ers lose it? Chiefs won it. Uh, the Chiefs. Hey, listen. The Chiefs did what the Chiefs have done throughout the playoffs. 24 nothing deficit to the, the Houston Texans. I think it was a 17-7 deficit to the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs did exactly what they, they do. And, you know, the amazing thing about that is you look at Patrick Mahomes for the first three quarters of that game, he really played a great end of, uh, end of the fourth quarter. Like the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, he was at his best. Like, he didn't really play very well up until that point. And he erased a 10-point deficit to score 21, and he was exceptional. You know, you can go down to – you can talk about a lot of different things, but you go down to third down and 15. Did you see his third down and 15 statistics throughout the season? Yeah, you shared those on with me down, earlier. Yeah, Check this out. third folks. down and 15 over the course of the season. Like, you get to third and 15, you win, right? Yeah. His stats was – they were on the season, including the playoffs – 13 of 17, 299 yards, three TDs, zero interceptions. And it came down to a third and 15, um, and they run an adjustment to a route they run all the time. So anytime you know you get in a two-by-two two formation or a three-by-three three formation, there are certain routes that every team in the league runs, right? There's certain things. If you get in a two-by-two two formation, you know the, the, the slot guy oftentimes will run just a go, right? He'll run off coverage 
and the outside guy, the number one receiver, will run some type of crossing route, either a, a deep cross or a deep dig or some something of that nature, and you're trying to hit that number two guy as you're clearing out coverage. So that's what ends up happening. So in this route combination, they ran the inside guy, number two and number three receivers, the two inside guys, they ran both overs. And they were running a kind of a dig or a crossing route behind it, right? And it's something they have run a bunch of. Well, Emmanuel Mosley is playing in cover three. He reads it. He sees it. He tries to jump it. Meanwhile, number two, which was Tyreek Hill, he runs that deep over. He gets that safety to commit and then, bam, puts his foot in the ground and turns it into a corner route. And at that point, the corner has already kind of jumped the ins- or the number one guy running the dig route or running the in-cutting route. And Patrick Mahomes buys himself time. He takes about a 14-yard drop and throws it over the top. Dan Orzlowski did a tremendous breakdown on the play on Get Up the next day. And, you know, you can see it's on the Internet. He did a great job with the breakdown. But um, that's what that's what Patrick Mahomes has done. That was, to me, the play of the game. But how you do you up- not – I get that it was a well-conceived play and everything. But how do you not – account for Tyreek Hill. How do you lose Tyreek Hill? How do you take the bait and go for that instead of all your focus being on Tyreek Hill? That's that's the unforgivable part of it if I'm a 49er fan. Right. Is that, look, if if I'm going to get beat, don't let that guy beat you. Mm -hmm. Don't let the one guy that you probably set out at the beginning of the game to say, we're not going to let this guy beat us. And that's the guy that beats you. Right. On third and 15. Yeah, you got beat playing what you play, too. That's the other thing. That's what you play. That's your that's your kind of base coverage that you're in the majority of the time. I, I would say this. On third down and 15, which is interesting, as you know, as I've had the opportunity now working for Fox to call games, mm-hmm. you, get, you get kind of two different philosophical approaches to third and long. Okay, let's rush three. Let's drop everybody underneath deep, right? Let's instead of playing thirds, let's play quarters. So let's have four deep guys, and let's have now let's have four underneath guys. One of your defensive linemen is going to drop back and be an underneath guy. But let's make sure our underneath guys are sitting at fifteen yards. So you got to throw it underneath, then we rally up and make a tackle, and we get off the football field, right? That's kind of the, that's kind of one of the prevailing thoughts is let's get everybody out. And let's make them throw this underneath and see if they can make a conversion or see if they can break a couple of tackles, mm-hmm. that type of thing. The other one is, hey, guys, let's bring the house and make him throw it before he's ready to throw it. Let's bring one more than they can block, make him throw it underneath at six yards, and then we rally up and make a right. tackle. Those are those are the two prevailing kind of things that I see the majority of time. Not always. It doesn't always happen that way. But that's kind of the way you know you see a lot of the teams approach it. But isn't it more of an obvious call now with the way that more of these quarterbacks are mobile? Is that you know if you're if you've if you've got as great as he is Tom Brady back there or Philip Rivers, one mm-hmm. of these statue type quarterbacks, you can rush three, drop eight, knowing that there's even a decent chance that your three will get home. But if you're dropping three or rushing three, dropping eight against a guy like Mahomes or Russell Wilson. They're just going to be able to, you know, to run, around, run around, and, run and around, and that's around, why, run around, and make and, and buy their time. That's why I've been a big fan of of the teams that say we're bringing pressure. Right. We're going to just make you get it out of your hands before anybody can get to the sticks. Right. And then you got to just trust your guys to make a tackle. Right. Like 
I'm a, I'm a fan of if we're gonna if we're gonna err, we're err on the side of aggression. But again, you know, he makes that one ridiculous player. You don't get there. Your timing is off on your blitz, and he gets to hold it, and he you know he spins out of trouble, and now all of a sudden, I'm man to man on the back end. Mm-hmm. With Tyreek Hill that can outrun anybody on the planet, so like I you are picking your poison. Yeah, There's right. No yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. But I'm I'm a I'm a fan of hey, let's bring heat, right. let's bring pressure, and let's make him throw it before before you can get to those sticks. So you know, again, there's a million different things that we could critique. I I did find it fairly annoying when everybody talked about everybody talked about Kyle Shanahan in the ineptitude of play calling toward the end of that game in the second half. Okay, before you make your case, here are the daunting numbers that work against Kyle, though. And I I don't know if these are numbers that you can just blow off, okay? Right. In the last two Super Bowls in which he's been in charge of the offense, the Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator, San Francisco 49ers head coach, in those two Super Bowls in the fourth quarter in overtime, that's where the, the Falcons went and lost to the Patriots. Right. Kyle Shanahan coached teams have been outscored forty nothing. Yeah, that's is it forty or forty one? Doesn't matter. It's still it, a lot of that's points. that's a lot of points. And I yeah, I just think that's a hard one to dismiss as right. well. It was this or that. I mean, I that, get it. There's I a fundamental it. flaw there mm-hmm. when you're getting outscored like that. So what is it? Well, I, I would say in this last one. You know, it was interesting because you got a 10-point lead with seven and a half minutes in the left in the fourth quarter when they hit that third down of 15 or seven minutes and change, whatever it was. Um, but I would say this. Like, I was sitting in the stands, and they had put a couple drives together where they just gutted them 11 yards, 12 yards of carry, right? Um, and obviously, KC had stiffened up. You know, they were like, hey, we're going to cram down our throat. And I was like, man, just hard run action. Get some hard run action. You know, dump it to your tight ends. Create some plays. Like, and I was sitting in the stands saying, that's this is the time now. We have, they have run it. They have done a great job with Debo Samuel. Some, some you know, off schedule runs. They had attacked the outside, so they had scheme runs. They really did a good job scheming it up and running the football. And I thought it's the perfect time to eat them up in in some play action, some safe play action things that are going to get chunk yardage. And I'm telling you, from a scheme standpoint, they did it. They had George Kittle matched up on freaking T-Sizzle, you know, three or four times that either Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't hit, it gets batted down the line of scrimmage. They had Emmanuel Sanders designed on a deep play that should have been a touchdown, but it was a bad throw. They had several of those things happen. Now, the issue is it stops the clock, but you hit any one of those and you keep a drive alive and you keep eating clock and you get down in a scoring range and all of a sudden it's 23, you know, to 10 or it's 27 to 10 and the game is over. And so, you know, then if if you actually hit those plays, right, if your players execute, if your quarterback executes and you hit those plays, now you're brilliant. And but that's the nature of this business, you know. The second guess, the second guessing nature of this business. I didn't have a problem with the play calling. You know, where I had a problem was the end of the end of the first half, when you could take a timeout, and and you get the ball back with, 
you know, a minute 50 and and two timeouts left, and you could drive the length of the field, try to score, and then you're going to get the ball back at halftime. That to where you just you just basically said, "Hey, we're not we're not going to like we're not going to try in you know to score at that in that that was that was the one the lack of aggression there." And I understand we don't want to give the ball back to Kansas City with as good as their offense is, but that's like that's that to me is calling it out of fear as opposed to calling it out of belief and, and aggression. But again, I, I think this whole question started with, "Do I think?" San Francisco lost it, or do I think right. Kansas City won it? I think Kansas City won it because their quarterback can play pretty average, maybe below average for three quarters, and then he can be exceptional. And I'm telling you what, every time things broke down, his second reaction game, there was like a second down in six or seven that he scrambled and he dove for a first down. There was a, there was a couple of different scenarios where he scrambled around and made plays with his feet. There was a couple of uh, you know throws that he made, the third down and 15 play. There was the broken plays and the second reaction plays where his ability just I mean he may have he may be the best in the business, he and Russell Wilson at those second reaction making a big play out of nothing and he consistently did it in crunch situations in critical situations, at third down and sixes and third down and sevens where he converts because he can extend the play and make something happen. And I think that ultimately is was the difference in the game is that Andy Reid, no matter what was happening, knew he could trust Mahomes. And, and I got a sense, certainly in the fourth quarter, but I'll go back to the end of the first half, that Kyle Shanahan was coaching around Jimmy Garoppolo the entire game. And I think that the end of the first half was a shining example of that. You've got Kansas City um, completes a a short pass. The clock is running Uh as they get ready to punt, and there's about, I think it was about a minute 40 Mm. left on the clock. John Lynch is upstairs signaling timeout. He's got three of them. He doesn't call a timeout. It it lets him eat up the clock. And come on. if, If Kyle at that point really believed in what Garoppolo was doing, he would have turned him loose, said, wow, stop the clock, force the punt. Even if Kansas City's able to down the punt, you know, at the at the eight, who cares? If you believe in your quarterback, yeah. you got a minute 40 left with three timeouts, you're, well, then you're, you would have, you're you, going for it, right? right? You would have two, yeah, two timeouts after you called after it. After you call it, excuse me, you're right, two right. timeouts. But plenty of time to, you know, and then you, and then you know what you're doing? Then you're like, okay, we got a chance for the double score here. Right. And the double score in – in the Super Bowl is even more magnified because of how long the, the half halftime is. is yeah. So you would have had a possibility where, it, not not time on the clock, but actual real time, you could have had Mahomes and that Chiefs offense not on the field for over an hour. Think about it. Right. You run out uh, the rest of that okay. clock, then the long half, then you get the ball. I mean, it may be an yeah. hour before. Okay. Put the shoe on the put shoe on the other foot. If that would if that would have been Andy Reid and Mahomes, would Andy Reid have called timeout? Of course, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I I do believe you're right. And and I said this going all into the Super Bowl, and I've talked to you about it a bunch. The thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is he is going to oh, three yeah. times. He's going to throw it to the Dude, opponent. Can I just give you credit for that? Because you said that over a month ago, and I think you said it right before the Vikings yeah. playoff game. And darn it, if not every game that they played, there were two or three throws where I was thinking of you going, you're right, there he is. 
Right. That's that's Garoppolo will gift you a couple. What do you do with it? Yeah. And can you catch it? Can you put your yep. hands on it? Can yep. you catch it? And good call. You. Can you? Yeah. Can you take advantage of it? And and I think that's right there at that critical crunch time situation. That's what was going through Kyle's mind. Is like if I unleash him and he has one of those brain farts right. where he throws it directly to a guy. Yep. And they get a pick six or they get a short field. Now all of a sudden, you know, ten ten, we're pretty happy being ten ten with the Kansas City Chiefs and shutting them down to ten points. Now all of a sudden, they're seventeen ten going into halftime. And now the floodgates are going to open, and and I do. I think that was probably probably part of the mindset there, um, in regards to why they didn't call that timeout, I, why they did not. Hundred percent. Yeah. So and I've, you know what? Then then to me, then it's just the drip 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 water on your forehead type thing. Then you're just you're delaying the inevitable. Right. Is because if you have that, how many times have we seen it watching the Patriots over the years? Those teams that just lose their nerve yeah. and you know they punt the ball when they should be going for it on fourth kind of the playing their not own. to lose as opposed to playing to exactly. win exactly right. and that i think is ultimately what doomed san francisco that's ultimately what doomed him mm. were you okay with mahomes being the mvp a lot of people thought it should be damian williams look to me i i i am fine because the only reason the chiefs were even in that super bowl was right. because this kid's indomitable will, which he showed in the Houston game, you know, it, it yeah. those guys believe in him. Yeah. I mean, they believe in him. They will walk through fire for that kid. And to me, it, you, three playoff games, they overcame double-digit losses in all of them. And right. They only did that not only because of the talent of Mahomes, but the belief in Holmes, in Mahomes. I, I Yeah, there's no question in my mind he was the MVP because he did it in critical situations. Yep. When they needed a play in crunch time, that dude made a play. Made the throw to Watkins, made the throw to Tyreek Hill on, four, on third and 15. I mean, that's that's what he does. He made it several just just crazy good scrambles. That um, got them out of harm's way. Are we pumping this kid's tires too much? No, man, he is. That. Or is this guy it for the next fifteen years? I, I just, and the rest of the AFC West, the rest of the AFC, hell, the rest of the NFL, better buckle up, type thing. This is his third year. He's already been the MVP. He's twenty-five. He's not even twenty-five. Whatever he is, he's been the MVP of the league and the MVP of the Super Bowl. I mean, come on now. I, it, yeah, he is that good. He is. You know, everybody who talks about how his his overall level of intelligence, his aptitude for the game, you know, insatiable appetite for knowledge, his ability to go out and take that knowledge and execute, um, all the things that he does. I mean, the guy is remarkable. And, you know, I heard a story when I was out at the Super Bowl about, you know, all the offseason asks, all the just different um, commercials and different opportunities that he had in the offseason, he always – you know, stipulated in any contract that, okay, every day I've got to have X amount of time for my workouts and this, that, and the other. You guys got to provide this and this and this for me. And if they couldn't do it, then he didn't shoot it. You know, and I have no idea what Baker Mayfield's restrictions were when it came to, you know, OTAs and, and all that stuff. But but it felt it sure felt like Baker Mayfield was on every commercial in America, and he certainly didn't play with a shit. So, you know, I mean – Am I right or so? I I don't know. I just I just feel like 
he's you know he's the real deal. He's a real professional. He's got unbelievable talent. And yeah, you know, there's there's jealousy here for me. I mean, as much grief as I'll give the Chiefs, and you know, we used to call them September's darlings, and you know, they're always going to come out and play. Look, man, it, as a as a Bronco, does it scare me? Yeah. I mean, are they ready to embark on a Patriot type run here for the next fifteen you, years? You know what? It, it which is funny is everybody like you hear this all the time. Everybody's hope is well, they're going to have to pay him. And then what? Like, your hope out there, if you're an AFC West fan, like if you're a fan of the Chargers, the Raiders, or the Broncos, you're like, yeah, but when they pay them, then what? You know, they're going to lose players. And, um, you know, and, and your whole strategy to you having success is the fact that they're going to pay Mahomes a, a ton of money, and you hope that that weakens their roster. They'll slide back to you. Right. They're going to slide back because of that. And, and, I'm just like, your strategy is the slide back strategy. <laughs> right. 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 Not building your team. It's the electric slides. Right. <laughs> yeah. The electric slide. That's your, that's your strategy. Duff, make a note of that. Bum, ba, ba, da, ba, dum, bum, da, dun, 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 dun. You know, it's electric. Here we come. You know, and <laughs> next thing you know, you're on the wrong side of a 30 to 12 score. <laughs> right. You're like, what the hell happened? Right. Um, And, you know, you've talked about this a bit. And I, I'm tending to agree with you. You know, everybody, everybody, like they did it in the AFC East forever. Like, how are we going to combat Tom Brady? Well, we're going to build this defense and we're going to build, you know, and we're going to get pass rushers on the inside. You know, he doesn't like the pass and all this, that, and the other. And you said it the other day, and it kind of resonated with me. Forget about trying to build this stellar defense that, you know, that that you're just going to destroy Patrick. You got to match them score for score. You got to have a quarterback, and you got to have an offense that can that can hang, that that's gonna hang twenty five plus every game, and then you got to hope you make some plays on the defensive side of the ball, and hope that maybe Patrick Mahomes has, you know, you 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 contribute to him having one of his off days. Well, during the Patriots' run, if you look at the amount of starting quarterbacks for the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills, it's over fifty, Mark. It's like 52 starting quarterbacks mm. for these three teams during the age of, Bear, of of Brady. And, you know, if if any one of those teams could have found their answer at quarterback, I'm not saying that it would have been them instead of the Patriots. But you know what? They probably would have had their shots along the way. They would have had their moments. Mm-hmm. And it would not have been the complete domination for the last 20 years that, that we saw. But this team, those teams never could find the answer at quarterback. And so they kept sifting through them. And, you know, the Patriots said, thank you very much. So if I'm a Bronco, a Charger, or a Raider fan, you, you, the idea can't be, hey, let's just go out and out-roster the Chiefs. Yeah, you might have success for a year or two years. But if you're looking at a 15-year proposition here moving forward, how am I going to combat that for the next 15 years? You you got to find the quarterback. You got to. Yeah. Because and they, even then, that may not be enough. And they but at least have. it'll give you a, a a fighting chance. Here's the other thing: as the cap continues to elevate, right? You know that Patrick Mahomes is your guy. You know you're going to pay him. Mm-hmm. It's not like all of a sudden they realized, oh shoot, right. We got to pay Patrick. Like you don't think they have been working on this for you know for a year and a half plus? 
So he's going to get his forty million bucks a year. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to gladly pay him a two hundred million dollar contract, sure. right? And I, I think that I think that the interesting thing here is teams always use this excuse when they don't want to pay people. Yeah, well, we got a you know we got a finite number of, uh, of guys that we can pay in cash, and there's always the cap, and you know they they use that excuse to their benefit. Right? Well, we can't can't do that. But when they want to pay somebody, they always 100% of the time find the money to pay them. Yep. Right? So there's a way to manipulate it. Now, you might have to throw some stuff in the future, and you may have, you know, after your 15-year run, you may have some, you know, a little— Bills come due. Yeah. Some bills come due. Yeah. But the bottom, the bottom line is, you know, to act as though you're not going to, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to survive— or you're going to lose all your good offensive players. I think that's foolish. Well, again, I'm, I'm going to use Brady here as an example. Put together a list of the receivers that he and running backs mm-hmm. and tight ends that he had over the last 20 years. It is a long, long list and very undistinguished, really, outside of a Randy Moss here, a Wes Welker there, a Julian Edelman, a Gronk. But there were a lot of guys, and and here's the here's why I'm not concerned about the Chiefs paying Mahomes is that when you got one of those quarterbacks, what do great quarterbacks do? They make everybody on the offensive side better than they really are. They make an average receiver above average. They make an average offensive line above average. That's what they do. So if anything, if you're the Chiefs, you know you don't have to invest heavily. On right. the offensive side of the ball, because you got the great wart eraser in 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 yeah. Patrick Mahomes, you can continue to strengthen your defense, give you the re- requisite balance that you need to go build a dynasty. Plus, the other thing too is that Mark just this just in the NFL isn't going anywhere. They're getting ready for new TV contracts that are going to be even billion billions more than, than the old are. ones. Yeah, the cap's going to keep going up. $10 million easy every why, single year. Why do you think Fox streamlined and sold all their like their all their Fox properties, you know, a bunch of their Fox properties in their their regional networks? Why do you think they sold them all to Disney? They're stockpiling cash for the next negotiation with the NFL. Yeah. Because the NFL is king. Yeah. And live sporting events now with all that Netflix and Hulu and yep. all the all the stuff that you can, you know, pay per subscription television or however it works um live sporting events are still the only thing that really drives network like and and the nfl is king Mm -hmm. and we know you know 102 million people tuned in to watch the super bowl i mean that's that's what it is so i i mean i get it i get five years from now the patrick mahomes contract will be a bargain right it's not going to be a a a weight around the chief's neck it'll be a bargain right yeah, everybody acts like it's going to be this big albatross, right? right. And their and their team is just going to tank. Oh, by the way, where are all the people that say defense wins championships? Where are all those people? You know, I've always hated that. I always felt like that was some defensive guy, some defensive coordinator that wanted to be a head coach that that came up with that uh, that slogan, defense wins. And everybody just jumped on it. Hey, man, you got to have a complete team. But in Kansas City Chiefs defense, now they were they were better down the stretch. But remember, you know, they did. They they were behind. They they did give up points, right? Um, and San Francisco had the number one you know pass defense in football and blah 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 blah. But the bottom line is, you know, your quarterback. If you got a great quarterback, your quarterback can erase a lot of the issues that you defense have. can win you a championship. 
I, I still buy that. We saw it here in 2015 sure, with the Broncos. Sure, of course it can. We but, saw it in 2013 with the CLC Hawks. Great, but if you're if you're talking about building a sustainable championship model, model yeah, you got to have the offense, and you got to have the quarterback. You do that, you're you're in it to win it for a decade plus. Right. Yeah, you can you can have those quick little windows where it's all about defense winning championships. But it's just not a proven, sustainable. Mm-hmm. I, I I defy a team to go out there and say we believe we can build a year in, year out Super Bowl contender for the next decade and do it with a great defense and average quarterback. You can. You can't. You can do it for a season. You're right. You can have. You can catch that lightning in a bottle, and you can get a bunch of. You can get a bunch of turnovers. You like turnovers like bananas. They come in bunches. You know. You look at the the Bears. The Bears two years ago. 36 turnover, led the league, right, all the interceptions. Yep. This year they couldn't turn the ball over, and they weren't a playoff team, right. you know, from 12-4 and four to whatever they were. And and so those are things you cannot count on those. Those things come in bunches. You can't count on those things happening all the time for you as a franchise. A couple of key injuries on the defensive side of the ball, and, and then what? If your offense can't score, you're going to lose a bunch. Of, I don't care how good you – you could play great defense. You can play top, like championship-caliber defense. And if your offense is scoring 18 points a game, you're going to lose. You know, hey, we held them to 12. You know, we held them to 12. Of course, we scored three and we lost. Like that's that's what it go, that's what it boils down to. It's like that opening game. The opening game. You remember the opening Thursday night game of the season against the the Packers? One of the one with the with the Bears just I mean completely shut them out and still lost the game like seven to six or whatever it was. Wasn't that how it went down? Something like that. Well, we got about eight months until football starts up again, and normally that would be sad, but you know what? The offseason sometimes is even more interesting than the regular season. And here we go. Yep. You know, combine's coming up at the end of the month. Free agency starts yeah. in about a month. Yep. Then the draft. Right. I'm telling you. That's why I, I say it all the time. The NFL is a 365-day-a-year beast that needs to be fed, and we're here to feed you. That's exactly right. For everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, for Mike, for Scott, myself, I'd like to thank uh, MarksAllPros.com. Check them out, MarksAllPros.com. And uh, we will be back with you uh, next week.